This is a super flex super show. This is your super flex SOP, and it is week 10, the first of many, first of uh, several by Armageddon's. What do we call those, Brian Har? We, we've run into this a few times every single year where we've got like just a bunch of teams on by. And I, I feel like it needs a name. Yeah. Like hell week. It is hell week. <laughs> so we've got six teams on by here in week 10. And uh, I don't I don't actually have it pulled up which ones it is. So uh, we'll have to we'll have to pull that. Up. We'll get to that uh, when we get a second here. But real quick. So uh, I. I'm John Hogat, Superflex Dude, reunited, and it feels so good with Brian Har at Brian Har FF back to do the standard operating procedures. And uh, we've got some some players to add off of waivers, uh, some players to drop to make some room. Uh, we've got a, a couple players that you can buy, uh, buy low on, some players to sell high, and of course, next week, this week, players to pick up a week early. Uh, and get them for free before you have to pay up for them uh, when they become high waiver priorities. So, a lot to get to, a lot to get to here in the SOPs. Uh, but before we do, just want to tell you real quick about another podcast from the DLF family of podcast mega feed, the Read and React IDP podcast, where Dynasty veterans Adam Sticky Z and Tom Kislingberry guide you through the world of IDP fantasy football leagues with analysis for both beginner and veteran IDP enthusiast. You'll be sure to find something useful and interesting every episode. And to me, it's a great podcast for fantasy in general. Uh, even if you don't play IDP, even if you're not playing independent defensive players, you can individual defensive players. Sorry you can still learn a lot about what NFL defenses are doing and how successful they've been. And you can learn uh, so much more about your offensive players. Um, so, so much that you can learn from, from uh, Kislingberry, Kislingberry and Sticky. Um, so definitely check that one out. All you have to do is subscribe to the DLF family of podcast mega feed to get access to the read and react podcast, as well as all of the great podcasts from DLF. So Brian, before we get to the SOPs real quick, this is, this is something that uh, I, I I'm totally going to spring this on you. This isn't on the show sheet at all, uh, but something I'm just kind of curious about just in general. And I, I, I would love to hear from more people. So um, it, it tweet at me with your answers as Superflex dude, or at Superflex Show, um, and uh, tag Brian as well at Brian Har FF. But my question is, how much fab would you say? You know, just kind of ballpark. You still have left at this point in the the fantasy season in most of your uh, most of your Superflex leagues. Um, I ooh, so ballparking. I would say I probably have. 15 to 20 percent left in in if i had to say average average okay. amount that i had left yeah okay real yeah. quick is it, do you call it fab or fob i call it fab Thank easily you. like without a doubt no doubt at all fab <laughs> yes yeah 
Okay. I have no idea if that's correct. I, I've been seeing those discussions on, on Twitter <laughs> and whatnot, but that is absolutely what I will be calling it. And I will not change even if I'm wrong. Yeah, same here. I mean, I respect the hell out of JJ Zacharyson, but uh, I I just cannot get behind two A's making an ah sound and calling it fob. Plus, I, I mean, we know what a fob is. Like it's a it's a little scanner device to get you in a door. Like it's not it <laughs> nothing to do with fantasy football. It already has a definition. It already has a designation. So fab is not something that you're going to find anywhere other than uh, on your in your fantasy football leagues where you've got free agent acquisition <laughs> budgets. So, uh, but yeah, I I think. You might be in the minority a little bit on that. I think that there's kind of a, there's probably a strong contingency of people who have a ton of money left. There's probably a strong contingency of people who have no money left. And then, you know, that that 15 to 20% range, that might be, that might, that might be a little bit of a unicorn to make it through, you know, without spending all of it or just totally hoarding it. Yeah, well, and this year it has been a little bit different in Superflex Leagues because you've had the opportunity to go out and get guys that normally wouldn't be available, you know, guys that have had long runs um, as starters now, Gardner Minshew, Mason Rudolph, Teddy Bridgewater. You know, these are all guys that uh, Jacoby Brissett right off the bat, right, mm-hmm. with Andrew Luck uh, retiring. So, you know, um and, and we're going to talk about a couple more quarterbacks tonight, you know? So, I mean, it's just, it's been an, an odd year with, with quarterbacks in super flex leagues being injured and, and other quarterbacks, you know, the quarterbacks behind those guys getting opportunities. So I think I, I typically am one who has some, I usually have more fab left than most at the end of the season. Um, but this year I've found myself definitely, putting in more bids um, because of these quarterback injuries. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so it, it, and it goes back to, you know, and, and stick with us throughout the off season. We're not totally sure what the super flex super shows off season is going to look like, but it's going to, it's, it's going to be pretty in depth. Uh, It's not, I don't think that we're going five days a week uh, the way we do in season. Um, so right now you're getting the SOPs, you're getting the main episode, you're getting the live mailbag show, you're getting two start sit shows complete with injury reports from Ethan Turner. Uh, you know, I, I we're not going to go that in depth in the off season by any means, but I, I mean, I think we're going to have multiple episodes every week just to make sure that we've got plenty of time to discuss all of this. But you know, if if you've been, you know, sticking with the Superflex Super Show. And I mean, in particular, the Superflex dude, then, you know, you kind of went into the season with a ton of white uh, of quarterbacks to where, you know, you didn't have to you didn't have to throw a ton of fab at these guys fab at these guys when, you know, when they did become available, um, you know, it, it was a worthwhile purchase. But, you know, if you went into the season with with enough starters to get you through a super flex, uh, uh, you know, an entire season in a super flex league, 
then you know it kind of it, it gave you the luxury of kind of sitting back and just just chipping away at the the running back position for instance um you know as we start to to lose some of these guys to injuries uh you know having that fab left even if it's 15 20% i think that's still going to be good enough to keep your running back strong um to possibly you know possibly pick up a you know kind of a a late blooming wide receiver uh to help you down the stretch here um you know i i cuz i i i'm with you i you know i think we saw jacoby Brissett go for I, you know, 50% of budgets. And I think that we even said, you know, it's, it's probably going to take more like 75% to get Jacoby Brissett. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to take around, you know, 50% to get Gardner Minshew. And I think people that that still might not have been enough. People might've had to spend even more than that to get Minshew. Uh, You know, I think that we, I don't remember exactly what amount we talked about with Mason Rudolph, but I'm pretty sure you and I talked about that as an all in proposition because Mason Rudolph has a chance, you know, at at least at the time it looked like he had a pretty good chance to start, you know, from now on. Um, I don't, I don't know if he's been good enough to, to really push Ben Roethlisberger completely out in 2020, but uh, I, I, you know, there's, there's enough of a long-term um, proposition there that I, that I, f- I think we felt like that was going to be an all in move, but you know, if you were in a position where you didn't have to do it, I think that you're, you're, you're in a much better situation. You're in a much better, better standing now um, with that, even, even that 15 to 20% fab left. So you know, I, I, again, just kind of sprung this on you. I mean, it kind of came to me at the last second, but I felt like this is something that we should probably, at some point, fab management is something to kind of consider because I think that it's going to affect the way people make their their waiver claims. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I definitely do too. I mean – um, at, at this point in the season, you know, I, I think, um, if you still have a little bit of money left, you're, you're at an advantage, you know, um, to be able to get some of the guys that we're going to talk about here tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so let's jump into it. Um, again, I mean, I think there's a caveat here. Uh, well, there's a couple caveats, first of all, and, and, you know, we didn't take the time to break these up you know, we, we didn't put all the context to this. So hashtag no context, uh, on, on, on some of these guys, but, um, you know, I, we're going to approach this as if you have, first of all, you, you have been hoarding fab, at least to a certain extent, you know, maybe you've been successful with next week, this week, and, you know, you've, you've made some of these ads, uh, that, you know, you, you got some of these guys cheap enough um, that you were able to to make it to week 10 with a fair amount of your fab left. And uh, we also, we don't break this up based on, you know, redraft versus dynasty, deep versus shallow, um, which is all, you know, pretty useful stuff. And, uh, 
you know, at some point, maybe we should pivot to that a little bit. But for the time being, we're just going to give you we're going to do what we always do here and, and give a list of players who, you know, are, are likely to be uh, waiver priorities. And uh, Brian, I'll, I'll give you the list of players here and then have you kind of rank them and we can talk about, um, you know, what amount of fab. Uh, you know, you would spend on each of these players, what it's going to take to get them. And uh, again, we're, we're just missing a little bit of context by week 10. There's a lot less money in the pool. Um, So I think these guys probably, they, they get kind of cheaper as the year goes on, but um, we're, we're going to, we're going to approach them as if somebody out there has the stacks to actually uh, really price and force these guys. So, uh, first of all, Kalen Balazs, running back for Miami. Mark Walton had taken over that lead job after Kenyon Drake was traded, only to be suspended for four games due to substance abuse. And I don't think he had a strong, a strong enough hold on that job to overcome, you know, getting suspended for the next four weeks. I think there's an opportunity here. Uh, definitely Kalen Balazs. Um, I don't even know who who's the backup to Kalen Balaj at this point. I'm not. I'm not that's totally. A, yeah, that's a great question. Um, uh, I'm well, I'm honestly not 100 percent sure on that either. I'm 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 trying to well, work on that now. Um, yeah. Well, you look that up. I'll I'll get into a, a couple more players, but. Um, I, I, it's going to be a, a pretty deep reach and we might even make it a kind of a next week, this week type of guy. Um, but, uh, off of the same team, Albert Wilson at wide receiver. So Preston Williams, the top wide receiver for the dolphins also it, I, now he goes down for the season with a, a MCL injury, I believe. And so, yeah, you're, you're without rookie Preston Williams for the rest of the season. Uh, Jakeem Grant ended up being the top, uh, pass catcher, uh, once, uh, once Williams went down, Devonte Parker is probably the new wide receiver one there. Um, Jakeem Grant could definitely kind of step into the, the other perimeter, uh, the, the other perimeter wide receiver role, uh, in place of Preston Williams. But Albert Wilson out of the slot is somebody that we've been talking about for over a year now who uh is is kind of the instant offense who it, it, it just seems like the most likely to step up um and uh and you know kind of relieve that offense a little bit after they lose both uh, you know they lose Kenyon Drake they lose Mark Walton they lose Preston Williams the easiest way to overcome all this would be to lean on Albert Wilson with the, that short pa- the short passing and let him you know, kind of turn into a running back and get you chunk yardage. And then Mike Jusecki, the tight end there as well. Uh, we started to see maybe a little bit of a flash from him on Sunday. And uh, there's a there's a good chance here that he takes a big step as well. Um, do we know who that backup is? Yeah, so Patrick Laird and Miles Gaskin out of Washington also there is, is there. Yeah, I think he's probably the guy... Uh, that's most likely, yeah. That's most likely. Um, they have both of those guys are rookies. Uh, Laird's out of uh, Cal, 
and uh, Gaskin, of course, again, out of Washington, very productive in college. Um, hasn't, hasn't really had an opportunity this year yet. So we'll see what happens there. I think Callum Blage is probably definitely <laughs> the guy that, that we're talking about here uh, for, you know, while Mark Walton's out, but, um, but yeah, those are the guys behind him. And there's always the, you know, CJ Anderson, uh, Kenneth J- Dixon, JHI back J-H-I-E. to Miami. Yeah. There's always, there's always that. And uh, I don't know that any of these guys, uh, you know, particularly Kalen Balaj, I don't know that he does enough to, to really move the needle. So, you know, if they were so inclined, there are definitely some, some free agent uh, running backs out there that they could bring in slash bring back. <laughs> so yeah, I, JGI would be, that would, that would be a little too, uh, you know, truth is stranger than fiction, but <laughs> definitely possible. Um, so, uh, so back to our list here of ads though. So we've got those three Miami dolphins, uh, then there's Brandon Allen, quarterback for the Broncos. Actually looked pretty good against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, they go into a bye. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, Drew Locke is is eligible to return from IR. He could be practicing at any point. Um, but Brandon Allen may have done enough to earn at least another start. Uh, so, so I think that he needs to be in consideration here. Brian Hoyer, uh, backup quarterback to Jacoby Brissett, who went down with a with a leg injury, and it's actually sounding like there's a chance that Brissett plays uh, here in Week Ten. But uh, you know, Brian Hoyer in relief threw for three touchdown passes, and just kind of as a speculative ad, and and maybe as a handcuff to Brissett, just kind of a, a you know, preparing for the worst type of move. Brian Hoyer could definitely be a, a waiver claim to make uh, off of that same team. Zach Pascal, um, wide receiver. He ended up being the the top wide receiving option uh, for both Brissett and Hoyer with T.Y. Hilton out. Um, we're not totally sure. We'll, you know, we'll get an injury report from Dr. Ethan ra- later in the week and uh, start to figure out if T.Y. Hilton uh, is on track to play here in week 10 or not. Uh, but if he's not, it, it kind of either way, I think Zach Pascal um, definitely fits into that offense pretty well. Chester Rogers also got some work on the outside. Paris Campbell finally got involved and then broke his hand. So um, not expecting to see him anymore. Um, but it, it, you know, not anytime soon. So we're not going to include him on the list, but Zach Pascal is probably the top option who should still be available in most of your leagues, particularly those shallower leagues, shallower dynasty and redraft leagues. Hunter Renfro, uh, the slot receiver for the Raiders, uh, got in the end zone this week. Um, it, it seems like the Raiders are trying to get him a little bit more involved and in, in really just kind of spreading the ball around a lot more. Uh, most of the much to the chagrin of those of us who uh, re- were relying on Darren Waller this week. Uh, Jacob Hollister, tight end for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, two touchdowns, I believe, on Sunday um, against Tampa Bay. So, I mean, it was a very good matchup, but maybe this is the guy who finally fills the void left by Will Disley, who went down for the season with that 
that Achilles rupture. Uh, as far as the, you know, the big body tight end, the, the red zone threat for Russell Wilson, um, Jacob Hollister looks like he's going to step into that role. Trey Edmonds, uh, uh, I mean, really the number four running back for Pittsburgh, but that's kind of where we're at. James Conner may be back. I, I think that he was close to playing it. You'll have to confirm or deny this part, but I think that he was kind of close to playing this week, and uh, there's a good chance that he returns in Week 10. Uh, you also have Jalen Samuels there, who, I mean, he really split the the workload with Trey Edmonds. And then you got Benny Snell coming back at some point. But in the meantime, I mean, Trey Edmonds it honestly probably looked like the better back. And, uh, you know, if 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 that running back group is still beat up, Trey Edmonds ends up with a, you know, pretty good workload. And I think that he earned more of a workload than what he even had. And then finally, two guys who were at probably 100% ownership going into the season, and now they're down below the 60% threshold on Yahoo uh, that we were that we typically go off of. Kareem Hunt is, uh, I think, actually down below 50% at this point, but um, he's finally eligible to return to the Cleveland Browns after that eight-game suspension. He'll finally make his debut in Week 10. And at Darius Geis... Uh, coming off of uh, at least eligible to come off of IR with the knee injury. So first of all, you can fact check me on some of that stuff. And uh, second of all, I'm curious how you're prioritizing these guys. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I can tell you about the Steelers real quick. Uh, just, yes. I, I, yeah, I think James Conner was, uh, I don't know that he was relatively close this week. Uh, I think next week you'll have a chance. They might hold him out one more, um, but I do think he'll be back after that. He won't miss more than the two games um, unless he has a, a, a setback uh, with the shoulder. But um, I, I think I think the reason that Trey Edmonds really got a lot of looks this week was, uh, and he did run well. He had 12 carries for 73 yards. Um but you got to remember too that Jalen Samuels is a guy that's coming off a knee surgery too. So this was his first game back in over a month, um, coming off of the knee surgery. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's likely that Jalen Samuels moving forward, even though Edmonds was more effective on the ground, I think that they have full confidence in Jalen Samuels to be able to to fill in as the running back there, um, at least the, the starter and, and the, the guy that's going to get the most touches while James Connors out. Um, so, so I would, you know, while, while Edmonds did play well and he's an option, if you need maybe a flex play or something like that, I don't, I, I wouldn't expect once Connor comes back for him to have any standalone value unless there's another injury to one of those other guys. And and again, like you said, Benny Snell also should be returning here in another week or two, I believe. Um, so um, I'm, I'm not making him a real high priority here um, unless I'm just, you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for, for options um, at the running back position. Um, as far as some of these other guys, I, I think it, prioritizing this list is, is, is easy at the top for me. 
Um, and and the two guys that I'm prioritizing on this list are, are hands down Kareem Hunt and Darius Geis because they're league winners. I mean, they're guys that can come in and end up winning you your league. Um, you know, for for both of these guys to be, and and we we know obviously know why their their ownership is so low in um, in in terms of you know Yahoo leagues, but um, you know. Hunt with the suspension, Darius Geis with the injuries that he's been dealing with, um, but both of these guys are guys that can come back and really make an impact on your on your fantasy squad. So I would prioritize those guys definitely at the top of this list for me. Um, as far as amounts I'm spending of my fab that I have left, <laughs> depending on how much you have left, um, I mean I would become comfortable spending 80 percent on these two personally okay um i i just i i you know i think that the the talent level with these two guys and the potential you know if you're and especially if you're making a run at, at the playoffs i think you know these guys even over the next two or three weeks they might not be but but if you wait you're not going to get them at all, because this is when people are going to be trying to add these guys. So, but, but, you know, for the playoff runs in weeks, you know, uh, 14, 15, 16, I mean, these guys, these are guys that could be very heavily involved in their offenses. You know, we're not exactly sure in, in Cleveland, what, you know, what that's going to look like with Kareem Hunt, you know, with, with the emergence of Nick Chubb um, and, and same in Washington, you know, Dar Darius Geis was already in a, in a split there with um, AP when he went down, but, you know, so we'll have to see how they navigate that timeshare. But I think both of these guys have the talent to be able to make a major impact on your fantasy teams here, you know, during the stretch run. One other guy who, uh, so 41% ownership on Yahoo. And I, so I think that we need to talk about him because I think there's a chance that, uh, that he's also available and makes it into this conversation is Ronald Jones, who, I mean, Bruce Arians came out and said that he, you know, so Peyton Barber, uh, he got very low usage. Um, and yet again, I'm uh, talking about some stats that I do not know, but I, I mean, he, he, it was, I know it was very low usage and I am, I'm just going to look this up real quick. Four carries for 15 yards. Barber. Yep. Four yeah. carries, 15 yards to 18 carries for Ronald Jones, 67 yards and a touchdown, including the short yardage stuff. Yep. So, and then uh, two targets, two catches, 15 yards. Um, so, I mean, Ronald Jones really kind of finally, finally kind of separated himself from Peyton Barber. It looks like a lot of people may have given up on him. So I think that he belongs in this conversation as well. So with that being said, I, it, you know, there's there's a pretty clear tier of of guys here and they're all running backs. Kareem Hunt, Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, uh, which is it? which of those guys is the top priority to you? And, uh, I, you know, would you, what's the scenario where you would be willing to go all in for one of those guys is if there is one. So I would prioritize. <laughs> hmm. 
<laughs> this mm-hmm. stuff. So if we're talking about this season, yeah, yeah. So we'll go redraft first. Yeah. Gosh, that's so hard. Um, that's what she said. <laughs> well done well done <laughs> it's it's late at night sorry it is. <laughs> um it's usually not a joke that makes it on here i would okay so when you ask the question mm-hmm. gut reaction yeah dairy skice is your your top yeah priority and, and, okay. and look and i i will absolutely hand over the conversation i i get it why people would say that's ridiculous um i just i believe in this kid i think darius guys if and, and look it all comes down to health obviously it obviously all comes down to health with him if he's healthy and they put him in the lineup he's going to take the job and he's going to run with it and he's going to be a factor over the last half of this season. Um, if he doesn't stay healthy, then obviously he won't. <laughs> and right. that's a, and that's a big risk because we haven't seen him stay healthy through a full NFL game yet. So, you know, and this is his second full season in the league. So it's, it's, it's frustrating for sure. But I just, I just think that he's a guy you know, and and look, Kareem Hunt's talent is is right up there. It, I mean, obviously, but I just don't. I, I, Nick, I mean Nick Chubb. I mean, how do you take Nick Chubb off the field? Yeah, you know, I mean they're going to they're going to because coaches always think that they can use all their assets and the, the way that they you know they're they're smarter than everybody and they can use everybody and all that <laughs> stuff. So they're going to they're going to take Nick Chubb off the field likely and try to work Kareem Hunt in some. But I wouldn't, you know, if I was a coach, I mean, Nick Chubb, I think, has proven that he's an elite running back in this league. He's a stud. So that's that's why I'd say and, and look, I'm this isn't a shot at Adrian Peterson because Adrian Peterson has performed very well. He's like an ageless wonder. He just keeps going. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, he's he's going to be the next Frank Gore here if he hangs on another 17 years. But. I just I just really like Darius Geis. I think Darius Geis is is a guy for me talent-wise that really has the talent to be able if if he can, again, if he can stay healthy to really make a difference here in the stretch run and into the playoff the fantasy playoffs this season. Yeah. So, for dynasty purposes, I mean clearly you're you're you've got to be with Geis in that scenario as well if I mean, if you believe in guys for the rest of 2019, you've got to think that guys is is the top option, you know, 2020 and beyond. Right. Yeah. Especially as things sit today. Now, if Kareem Hunt finishes out this year and goes, you know, they they sign him and trade him or they let him. I'm not sure what his contract is. I don't know if it's a one year deal or whatever, but if he walks and goes to a different team where he's going to be a starting running back, then that might change. Yeah. Um, so, and, and by the way, to me, that's, that could be the angle. So I think that it, he's got a one-year deal, um, and you know, the, which included that, that eight game suspension. So I, I think that there, I, I think that Kareem Hunt is on his way out the door most likely. Um, I'm gonna verify that. Yeah, yeah. It's a it was a one year deal. Um, 
so I mean he's a restricted he's a restricted free agent. Uh so they you know they could bring him back, but uh you know with a you know with a depending on the 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 tender that they put on him. Um I don't know that there's much reason to necessarily again Nick Chubb, like you said, is has just really kind of emerged. Right. So that that changes things for me a little bit here. Uh, based on the fact, so, you know, you, when you're talking, I mean, all three of these teams really are just kind of going nowhere at this point. Uh, I, I, I'll take Ronald Jones out of the equation here because I think that Tampa Bay is in a little bit different situation than Washington and Cleveland at this point. But, yeah. it, you know, I, I think that, you know, there's almost no reason to to bring Darius Geis back, in all honesty. You know, in a lost season, you almost might as well save him for 2020. And, you know, when you've got, a, you know, a full year working with Dwayne Haskins, you've got a full year with Terry McLaurin, you know, every you, you've you this this Trent Williams things get, thing gets figured out and maybe you can you know, patch up that offensive line and free agency, like all of that stuff, you might as well wait to bring Darius guys back until you've got a team to bring him back to. Conversely, you know, Kareem hunt with, you know, basically on a, a, you know, what a six game, uh, a six game contract here. Um, you, it, it's almost the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you preserve Nick Chubb for 2020 for a season when you're actually going to compete? Because you're clearly not this year. You just lost to Brandon Allen, for God's sake. Like, there's, there's kind of nothing left for the Browns to do other than, you know, start licking the wounds and getting ready for 2020. So why, why not? I mean, you don't want to shut Nick Chubb all the way down, but, you know, why not back his carries way down and let Kareem Hunt handle the load, run him into the ground, and then let him walk in the offseason, and then you go back to Nick Chubb in 2020? Yeah, you know, it's an interesting point, John. Um, I, I think I think that's a very rational way to think. Um, <laughs> I, I just, you're going with I this. just also, I mean, when I, how many times have we gotten ourselves in trouble with rational coach <laughs> thinking, right? You know, yep. I mean, Aaron Jones, right? How many times have we had that conversation? So, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's a great point and I think, I think it's smart and, and I think the Browns would be smart to do that. And I think the, the skins would be smart to do that. Um, you know, Washington so that out of those two scenarios, I think it's more likely to happen in Washington that they would sit Geis and not rush him back than it is for them not to play Nick Chubb in Cleveland. Because I think Freddie Kitchens at this point, I mean, is is he coaching for his job a little bit here? He yeah, he should be. Again, you know? rational, you know, rational behavior in a NFL front office would dictate so. But. I mean this was this was the year, right? This was the yeah. year Cleveland was going to This was the dream team. Make right, and they were going to make noise and, you know, 2 and 6 halfway through the season. Now, they could turn that around and end up, you know, 8 and 8 or or, 
nine and seven. I mean, I, I don't think they're going to run the table, but, um, you know, but I, I, I think he's coaching for his job. I really do. And, and with yeah. that, with the talent on that offense, especially and the defense, I mean, they're, they have a talented team. Cleveland is talented. The lines need work, especially the offensive line, you know, um, losing the guard to, to, um, New York Zettler. Yeah, Zeitler. yeah, yeah. So losing Zeitler, right? So losing yeah. him really, I mean, that really hurt that line. I mean, they, they, they're just they haven't been good, and and that's been a major part of the problem in Cleveland. Um, you know, having said that, Nick Chubb is producing behind that offensive line, which is, I mean, that's a completely different and separate thought, but but it's an interesting one, you know, I mean, he's been doing this behind an offensive line that kind of is bad. So, you know, but, but yeah, I think kitchens is coaching for his job here in the second half of the season. So my guess is he's going to use every weapon that he has to his disposal, including Nick Chubb because he wants to keep his job. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fair point. And it, really it should be week to week at this point. It should be every single week. It should be this is this is your audition to keep your job for another week. Yeah, because this has not been good. This has been a total train wreck. And I mean, I th I think that it was pretty predictable. But I, I I guess the one other piece with Kareem Hunt, and and I think that maybe this again, this is high level thinking that NFL front offices and coaching staffs outside of New England don't really get into. But the other angle for Kareem Hunt would be, again, he's in, he's a restricted free agent in the offseason. The more work you put on him and the more you showcase what he can what he can do, the higher the tender you're going to get, you're going to be able to put on him in the offseason and still have somebody, you know, actually try and sign him away from you and you get that compensatory pick. That's really, again, this is what they should be doing. You're probably right, though. It, it, you know, if we're if we're Freddie Kitchens, yeah, it's you're you ride Nick Chubb because he's the guy who can actually save your job at this point. And it, right. it you know, it's a it's a decent schedule going forward. It, you know, in terms of fantasy production, uh, you know, Nick Chubb has a nice matchup this week with Buffalo, and then you know, sandwiched in between two tough ones against Pittsburgh. Uh, he's got Miami, and then he's got Cincinnati, Arizona, Baltimore. Those are all decent matchups. Uh, the Browns in general have, you know, the the offensive skill positions have pretty good matchups uh, for the most part the rest of the way. Uh, so, you know, it I, I I think that it's worth paying attention to. Uh as far as wh what's actually going to happen with Kareem Hunt here, I mean, I think that you've got to make the, you've got to make that push, uh, for, you know, for the waiver claim. Um, you said eighty percent of of you know remaining is is kind of what you're doing for Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, I I think for 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 either of those guys. I mean, whichever yeah. one you like better, you know, Geis or Hunt, I think I'd be comfortable doing that much, yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, these guys are are these are both stud talents. It's mm -hmm. just a matter of are they healthy and how are they going to be used in the offense. You know, we're not we're not just comparing them to a couple of the other guys on this list, you know. 
um, you did talk Rojo and I don't, I will say, uh, so I was not a Ronald Jones fan. I never understood it. Um, but he has been, he's been better this year. I mean, he's, he's doing some nice things in that offense this year. So I'll give him that. Um, I just, I'm just not confident that it continues, um, moving forward here is all. So, and, and then Trey Edmonds, I mean, same thing. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about a guy that was signed off the practice squad for, for this past game, you know? So we're not, we're not talking about, I mean, Kareem Hunt, you know, is, is leads the league in rushing his rookie season. You know, I mean, Darius Geis is putting up, you know, numbers that at LSU that were, I mean, he was rivaling Leonard Fournette and who was drafted fourth overall, you know? So there's just, I, I think both of those guys have a lot of talent. Um, it's just they've kind of been out of mind because of you know with guys the injury and with with Hunt the suspension. So yeah. So let's uh, let's get to the rest of these guys then. I mean, I, yeah, again, you know, Kareem Hunt, Darius guys, Ronald Jones. You know, re- regardless of how you shuffle those guys, I mean, if any of them are are still available in your league. You know, I, I, I think that it's going to take a pretty substantial amount of fab and uh, sounds like we're willing to do it. Um, it. It sounds like for you, the, the again, the, the priority is Darius, Darius Geis. Uh, I think I'm going to go with Ronald Jones. I mean, he's just he feels like the safest. Um, but I mean, there, it's it's so close between all three of those guys. Those are easily the top priorities to a point where I think we can ask the question here with the rest of the guys I mentioned, uh, how many of them really move the needle for you? Like to a point where you're going to really prioritize them in a, you know, in a, in a normal size, super flex redraft league. How many of these guys are you, are you really going to prioritize um, and how many of them is it just kind of let waivers go? And if they're still there, then pick them up as a free agent. Yeah. So I think, I think the, the three that stand out to me are um, Pascal. I like Zach Pascal. I think he, you know, he's, he's looked in three of the last five games. He's had six targets or more. Um, he has a hundred yard game in there, two yards of 72 yards or more. Now he has two duds in there too, where he only caught one pass for eight and one pass for six yards. So he's a little inconsistent. Um, you know, but I, but I think the opportunity is going to be there with the injury to Hilton, the injury to Paris Campbell. I mean, they've got to throw it sometimes and they've got to throw it to the guys that are on the field. So, you know, I think that, that Pascal will he he made a really nice uh, grab on the touchdown catch by Hoyer this week or touchdown throw by Hoyer this week too against the Steelers really nice catch where he extended in the in the back of the end zone and and came down with the ball so um, so I, I do like him a little bit um, if you need some receiver help um, Callum Balage you know I mean I don't like anything about Miami and in that offense really to be honest right now but. Um, you know, again, just I think the opportunity is going to be there at least for a couple of weeks while Mark Walton's out. Um, and then um, 
I mean, Albert Wilson's just so hard to trust too. Again, Miami offense, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think, and, and normally, I mean, normally when we have these discussions, we talk about the quarterbacks, and there were two quarterbacks on this on this list. I don't think Brian Hoyer starts this week. I think jo- Jacoby Brissett starts this week. They said he's he's you know questionable um, with the MCL sprain. They did get the MRI results; it's just a sprain. So it looks like if at most he'll miss miss you know this next start, uh, and then he should be back in there. Um, and then Brandon Allen, he did look good, uh, this past week, 193 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Um, so I did, I did like what I saw there. He gave his playmakers a chance on the, on the, um, the touchdown pass to Cortland Sutton, where he went up over the defensive back, you know, he gave his guy a chance, he threw it up there and let him go get it. So, um, I like that. I like to see that with these young guys, um, you know, giving their playmakers a chance. So, but, um, I'm not sure that I'm spending a ton of fab on either of these guys just because I'm not really confident in the situations. I don't think, I mean, I think when Drew Locke's healthy, they play him. They got to see what they have in that kid. Even if, you know, even if he's super raw and it's going to take some time. I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't know that sitting him down is, is really helpful for the organization. I don't know. You probably have a better pulse on that than I do being a, a, out there as in Denver and as a Broncos fan, but um, you know, and, and some of the other guys, like you said, I mean, I think it's, I mean, if you really need help and these are the only guys out there, then go ahead and, and try to, you know, throw a few bucks down. But uh Otherwise, maybe we're grabbing these guys after the the waivers process if they're still around. Yeah, so a lot of these guys, first of all, I, I agree with you on both of the quarterbacks. I think that Brian Hoyer probably goes back to the bench. It sounds like it's not, you know, a, enough of an injury for Jacoby Brissett to miss any time. And then with Brandon Allen, so Broncos are on bye in week 10. And then when they come back, I mean, maybe he gets another start. But at some point, like you said, you've got to go to Drew Locke. There's my my fear is that Brandon Allen played well enough that they feel like they can they can go back to him and, you know, hide Drew Locke on the bench, uh, you know, longer and and. I mean, I've seen some ineptitude from this organization as well. Talk about what you're, what you should do, what a front office ought to do. The Broncos are kind of the exact opposite of of every one of those rules. But uh, so my fear it would be that they that they do stick with Brandon Allen for the rest of the season, and you know, since they haven't seen Drew Locke, then they're in a position where they can still. You know, they can pass on quarterback in this, you know, pretty quarterback rich 2020 class. They can go, you know, offensive line instead and then look at Drew Locke in 2020 after the rookie draft is already beyond us. That's the type of move that that John Elway absolutely would make. And that's that's kind of my worst nightmare. Um, but I, I, I think that at some point you're going to see Drew Locke. So, you know, the. even the skeptic in me recognizes that you're probably going to see drew lock. And so you're just getting a, a very short term rental from Brandon Allen. So 
with all of these guys. I mean, you know, in in you know a a, a dynasty league, especially the deeper ones, I think Hunter Renfro and Jacob Hollister are absolutely worth the ads. Uh, I think that uh, Mike Jasicki is definitely worth an ad if he's still out there um, in any dynasty format. Uh, uh, that I, I still believe in Albert Wilson, but um, certainly in a redraft league, I, I I don't think that you need to prioritize him at this point. I think that the dream is kind of dead. So, so I mean, the the big reason that we talk about these guys sometimes, you know, sometimes it's legitimately go add these players, and sometimes we talk about them in the ad section of this just to say. This is these are players that your league is going to prioritize. And we're here to say, you know, don't waste a fab. Don't, you know, don't don't waste it on on these guys because, you know, the situation is not as good. The talent is not as good as what people are going to pay for. So I, I think that's the case with most of the list this week, especially in a redraft league. Um, and you know, I think that the, the two quarterbacks really accentuate that point. I think that we needed to talk about them because people are going to spend fab on them, but we'd really love to see our super friends pass on those two quarterbacks because you're, you're not going to get nearly the return, uh, that a lot of people are expecting. Yeah. So that makes it that makes it easy. We can, <laughs> we, can <laughs> we we can move on to the drops here, and uh, and as always, we'll uh, we'll try and accelerate through uh, our last few segments. Um, now that we got through the kind of the the main piece of the standard operating procedures, so some players that you you could potentially drop, and this is going to be mainly redraft, I think. Yeah. Um, uh in fact i don't see anyone i mean maybe the first two could be droppable in dynasty as well um but i'm just going to give you this entire list and and um see how many of them are guys that you'd be willing to cut to make room for you know particularly kareem hunt darius geis and or ronald jones so uh deshaun jackson sounds like uh his season is over He's gonna finally gonna have surgery on the uh, the abdom- abdominal injury. Uh, Kyle Rudolph, um, he he caught a touchdown pass, but I mean the usage is just it, it just not there in an offense that finally is starting to you know feature the pass more and more. Kyle Rudolph is just not involved, and Irv Smith still looms. Uh, Cam Newton. Uh, the the foot sprain is just not getting better. Um, it's becoming less and less likely that we're going to see him again here in 2019. Le'Veon Bell. And so these last two we put question marks next to. This one was mine, Le'Veon Bell. In a very good matchup, they still had a hard time getting him going. He also, he knows full well, we all know full well, that he almost got traded. He almost got traded back to your Steelers, by the way. Oh, my God. Right before the trade deadline. And it was awfully close to happening, apparently. Um, it's very clear that Adam Gase does not want Le'Veon Bell there. And 
I, I mean, there's there's a chance here that as they start to uh, they start to shut it down for the rest of the year, that um, that Le'Veon Bell is is less and less involved. And uh, Mitchell Trubisky was yours, and I mean, man, he just looks worse every week at this point. This may this may have been his worst game as a pro. Uh, yeah. this week it, he it was it was bad he's he's inaccurate he makes bad decisions it 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 it, it definitely feels like at some point Matt Nagy has got to consider a quarterback change this is a this is a team that's built to get to the playoffs and do some damage and at this point what do they have three wins yeah three and four yep yeah I mean, you. At, at what point do you say we're not going to let you know a, a completely inept quarterback who's absolutely in over his head keep us from accomplishing what we would otherwise accomplish? They could. I I, I believe that Chase Daniels would Chase Daniel would have allowed them to win at least you know another two of those games that they lost with Mitchell Trubisky. And Matt Nagy has got to consider that at some point. So, it, again, it, this is all based on, you know, what a coaching staff should do versus what they're actually going to do. But, uh, you know, there's there's some speculation on our side here, on our part here, that this could happen. So, based on that, uh, Deshaun Jackson, Kyle Rudolph, Cam Newton, Le'Veon Bell, Mitchell Trubisky, how many of those guys are you willing to drop to make room for? So your top guy was Darius Geis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, even even Kareem Hunter, Ronald Jones. Do do you drop any one of these guys in a redraft league? And then for me, I'd still love to hear your answer for uh, Dynasty League on Deshaun Jackson and Kyle Rudolph as well. Yeah, so I think in redraft league, I would drop all uh, four of the five for for guys or hunt um and lev bell would be the one that i wouldn't drop um okay. I, I think you know even in super flex leagues i think i mean trubisky has been bad it hasn't been i, I mean good grief you, <laughs> i mean I'd, i feel more comfortable starting kyle allen or hell brandon allen if he's starting you know mason rudolph those guys are 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 as startable Jacoby Brissett. They're all as, as startable as Mitch Trubisky right now. So, and, and that hurts me because I've, I've been a, a biscuits truther for a while. Um, I don't know what the hell I was looking at apparently um, with, with Trubisky, but I just, you know, I, I, I did, I liked some of the things that I saw last year. Um, you know, I mean, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks. I thought he was making good strides. I thought he'd take another step in the offense this year, second year in the system. So, and he didn't. He just is bad. And he's been dealing with injury, obviously, but still, he's just he's just not looking very good. Um, so, again, in redraft leagues, I mean, I'm, I'm willing to draw. Cam's not likely coming back this year, or if he does, it's going to be real late. And with the way that Kyle Allen's played, five and one, while Newton's out, I mean, I, I mean, are they going to take him off the field? I mean, they probably will, but I, I don't know that they should at this point. 
you know, it, it's, it's tough. So I, but, but I think that those guys, especially the top two that were, you know, or, or even three that we're talking about those three running backs that we talked about earlier. Um, you know, I think I'd be willing to drop again, four of the five of these guys, uh, in, in redraft now in dynasty, I'm not, I'm not dropping, I'm not dropping cam or Trubisky or bell in dynasty Rudolph. I think you can, cause I think Irv Smith's coming. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been getting more involved each of the last couple of weeks. Um, and then Deshaun Jackson, it just depends on how deep my, my, um, uh, receiver core is, you know, if he's, if he's an end of bench guy and I, you know, I need the spot, then I'd be comfortable dropping him. I think, um, but, but yeah, so, so I guess I would drop both of those guys in dynasty too. If I needed the spot, I'd drop, I'd drop Rudolph before I drop Jackson. And then the other three I'm keeping in dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely in dynasty with all those guys. Um, just to, uh, just to kind of accentuate your point a little bit here with Trubisky. So here in week 10, Ronald Jones has kind of a, a middle of the road. I mean, a, a slightly above average matchup against Arizona. They're allowing the 14th most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky just had a good, a, 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 you know, a relatively good matchup against Philadelphia. Uh, they're 13th, allowing the 13th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. This week, he's got an even better matchup with Detroit at home against Detroit, who's allowing the seventh, uh, the seventh most fantasy points to quarterbacks. Who would you start at your super flex position, Ronald Jones or Mitch Trubisky? Oh, my goodness. I think it's, I mean I think, I think I'd probably Rojo. start Jones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I probably would too. And and I hate doing that. Like I don't like I in Superflex leagues, I almost always start a quarterback in the Superflex position. Yep. Almost always. But but that's I where mean, we're that's at. How, with, right. Exactly. That's where we're at with Trubisky. Exactly. We're we're at a point here where I mean it's not a matter of you know the the quarterback matchups like if you've got a third quarterback you're starting him over Trubisky in just about any matchup right but I mean now we're to a point where we're talking about running backs wide receivers and tight ends versus Trubisky and he's he's losing so that's that's how you know and again this is only in redraft you're not doing this in dynasty but yeah in a redraft league drop Mitch Trubisky and save yourself the headache of, of you know, trying to figure out where you can actually start him. Because the answer is, you, you're, you don't. You probably have better options. There are better options out there at, at running back or wide receiver. So, uh, just a couple guys that you can buy. Um, and uh, so I've got one, and you've got one. So I'm going to give you mine real quick. And it's Keenan Allen, and it's it's based on uh, the upcoming schedule more than anything. I mean, he's he's been pretty low usage. He's been pretty quiet for several weeks now um, in some pretty tough matchups. But now he gets Oakland here in Week Ten, uh, and then it's a it's a kind of tough road with uh, Kansas City. Although they're not great against slot receivers, it's a pretty deceptive ranking. They're 
allowing the the uh, seventh fewest uh, points to fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, but it, it's it's they uh, you can definitely work on them through the slot. <clears throat> uh, and then they've got a bye week and then they've got Denver which is a legitimately tough matchup even for slot receivers, although Jarvis Landry had some success this week. Um, And then they've got Jacksonville, Minnesota, and Oakland in your fantasy playoffs, and those are all pretty good matchups. So for me, Keenan Allen, um, based on the fact that he's been so quiet, I think that his value is so depressed, and now is a great time to buy him and take advantage of, of the schedule the rest of the way. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Um, and and I'm also going to stay with a wide receiver here. And my buy uh, right now is DJ Chark. Um, and I actually, it's funny, John, because we, you know, we we were messing around with the show sheet uh, prior to the show here, and I actually was thinking, oh, you know, Chark, maybe I sell him high or whatever. Then I looked at what he's done over the last four weeks and the schedule coming up. And I flipped it <laughs> and, and, and he, and, and made him a buy. Um, so there's a couple factors here. First and foremost, uh, is the schedule and, and the Jags have the third easiest schedule for wide receivers, uh, remaining weeks 10 through 16. Um, he has the Colts, um, coming up. At, so they have a bye week this week, Colts coming up after the bye, um, Titans, Bucks, Chargers, Raiders, Falcons. Yeah. Very, 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 very nice schedule. Um, so I really, I, I really like that about it. And then the last four weeks with Chark, you know, he had he had uh seven and a half, ten and a half, nineteen, and seven and a half in terms of fantasy points over the last four weeks. So after a monster start, um, where he was up over eighteen fantasy points a game in four of his first five the last four he's kind of cooled off a little bit um so i think the combination of the cooling off plus the question i mean they just put a dud up in uh, against houston in london so with that being fresh on people's minds um you know and the and the drop off a little bit and then the favorable schedule moving forward however i think it might be a time to buy him I love that. And the the like you said, I mean, the bad game against Houston right into the bye, that's like the perfect bye window. That's an early Christmas present from DJ Chark. Uh, some guys you can sell, and I'll let you start with this one. Yeah, so and and uh, so my sell is uh, David Montgomery of the Bears, and and there's again there's a couple things here now usage and and product production here. Um, over the last two weeks for David Montgomery, he's been a lot better. I mean, his usage has gone up a lot. Um, he scored over 23 fantasy points in each of the last two weeks for the Bears. Um, and 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 look, they do have a pretty favorable schedule moving forward here. Um, the easiest, actually, weeks 10 <laughs> through 16, which is interesting. Um, but, but I just, I'm not... I'm not sure which David Montgomery is is the real David Montgomery. I, and I know, John, that he's been a guy that you've been a, a supporter of um, earlier in this season when he was kind of struggling. And now with the breakout over the last two games, I think we're probably on opposite ends here is my guess. Um, 
but but I just feel like you could maybe capitalize on these last two games and um, you know and and get pe- some people excited, especially if you're a, a talker, which I I tend not to be. But if you're a talker and you kind of can talk about the strength schedule being favorable, maybe you can sell them and get somebody that you feel a little bit more confident in. Yeah, I I still love David Montgomery, and I I don't think I would I'm gonna sell him anywhere. Um, but I will say that that I mean, so he had two touchdowns at Philadelphia this week. Both of them were one yard plunges. Like there's there's a certain amount of randomness and a certain amount of luck to that. So I it, while I don't totally agree with you that he's a sell. I think that there is something to the idea that he's, you know, that you, you you can't count on that every single week. You know, it, it, it takes a lot. It, especially for this offense, <laughs> it takes a lot to get to the, to, to just kind of land at the one yard line and let him clean it up. You know, that's, that's, that's tough to do. Like it's almost it's almost as tough to predict that and to count on that as it is to, you know, to count on, you know, a long touchdown run. Right. So you you'd like to see more yardage. You'd like to see more peripheral statistics from him. Um, you know, the uh, more efficiency with the carries. You'd like to see him more involved in the passing game. So, um so I don't hate it. I don't agree with it, but I don't I don't hate it. Uh, I'm selling the uh, on really both of the Detroit Lions uh, top wide receivers. And again, this is primarily in redraft. Um, I think you can do it in Dynasty. You know, I think that uh, Marvin Jones for me has been a sell. I mean, basically his entire career. Uh, Kenny Galladay, though, I as much as I love Kenny Galladay, and I've I've been a, a strong a strong advocate of his for a long time i think that, you know he just had a nice game against uh at oakland um in you know the second best possible matchup for a wide receiver now he goes to chicago he gets dallas uh a decent matchup at washington and then chicago at home um and then uh at minnesota finally gets another good matchup against the worst secondary in all of football um, at home against Tampa Bay. And then in your fantasy championship, he's at Denver where he's going to draw Chris Harris, who I, I mean, not only has he, has Chris Harris been shutting down wide receiver ones all season. He's like, he's getting those wide receivers angry at their quarterback. Like <laughs> after a game against Chris Harris, these wide receivers are pissed off at their quarterback. And we just saw it again with Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker Mayfield. It's 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 been a really tough matchup. Like quietly one of the toughest matchup if matchups, if not the toughest matchup in all the NFL. So I mean, you've got it's a really rough schedule going forward for the Lions. If you're in contention. I think that Kenny Galladay, even in a dynasty league, is a guy that you could sell for somebody who's going to help you actually finish strong and go get a championship. I'm not saying sell him just to sell him 
in that particular case, I, I, I'm first of all, you're, you sell high. Second of all, you only do it if, you know, you're, you're, you know, seven and seven and two, eight, you know, eight and one, something like that. Um, and you know, you, you, you make sure that you're loading up on, on players who can actually help you get this thing done. It be very judicious and, and is kind of the long and short of it here. But in a redraft league, I would absolutely sell Kenny Galladay and uh, Marvin Jones as well, just based on the fact that, again, this was a this it was a nice week for the Lions in general. And now the schedule gets virtually impossible. <laughs> um, but yeah, before we move on, I mean, how do you feel about those? Yeah, I it, it I mean both of them are having big seasons and especially over the last 3 weeks, you know, 3 weeks ago I think it was Jones that had four touchdowns in a game um and then yep. and then Galladay the week after had two and over 100 yards and then this past week they had I mean they both had over 100 yards in the first half I think receiving wise <laughs> so it was it was a crazy week um and it's been a good year for both of these guys um but yeah, I mean, I'm I, I I think I'm behind this. Um, the one thing I would say is they've got a hell of a quarterback. They've got a hell of a quarterback. Matthew Stafford is underrated. Mm -hmm. Again, like every year. <laughs> I mean, it's For it's sure. crazy. I mean, everybody everybody was worried this year. It was the Bevel offense, right? No, what are they going to do? They're going to run the ball 750 times, and it's going to be you know. And even when carry on Johnson was healthy, it wasn't like, it wasn't like it was in Seattle with Bevel, you know, it wasn't the just run constantly. Um, Stafford was still throwing the ball and he's been really good this year. He's been on the money. He hasn't been turning it over quite as much. He did turn it over yesterday a couple times, but um, you know, but I really like what I've seen from Matthew Stafford. Uh, but, but I think both of these receivers, yeah, it's just, it's, it's hard to tell which one to every game, you know, which one is it going to be? It's typically not both. So which one is it going to be? Um, and because they've had such massive games here, I think, yeah, I think it's, I think it's a, a decent move to, uh, to see what you can get for them. Yeah. There's also some red flags with that offense is as, as good as Stafford is. Daryl Bevel kind of, I mean, just just turn on Detroit Talk Radio today, <laughs> Sports Talk Radio, and all they're going to tell you about is that that final play when they go jumbo. But you, you know, you your your offense is on the field to win it with a chance to win the game, and both Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones are on the sideline. <laughs> so, and and you're thrown right. to Logan Thomas right. <laughs> so for, to try and win the game. Yep. So yeah, um, but we need to get to our final segment here next week, this week, and again, the the whole idea here is these are players who are likely going to be, you know, waiver priorities that we'll be talking about as ads next week, but you can get them now for free and save yourself the fab next week. Uh, so go pick them up as free agents. Maybe even put a dollar claim on them just to make sure you get them. Um, but the first guy for me is Reggie Bonifon, and uh, we've we've talked about him in the past. Um, but for me, the big thing is this time of year. First of all, you want to start finding your running back handcuffs in case they start going down. 
Christian McCaffrey has been unfreaking real. And if he were to get hurt, Reggie Bonifon is is becomes a starter. Um, you know, probably becomes a feature back. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey. If he was, you know, we we would know everybody would know the name by now. Um, but just the situation that he walks into, and I actually tweeted about this just after that long touchdown run from Christian McCaffrey. It was 58 yards, and he went untouched for over 50 yards of that run and then finally gets tackled like into the end zone. As he crosses the goal line, he finally gets tackled, head bounces off of the ground, and he got checked out for a possible concussion. He ended up being fine. But so there were kind of two pieces of that to me. Number one, that offensive line, the ability to blow up, uh, open a hole like that, that's what Reggie Bonifon would run behind if Christian McCaffrey were to go down. And number two is, you know, we we kind of got a, a that brief moment of hold your breath while Christian McCaffrey's in the tent. Like, what the hell is happening here? Don't be caught in a situation where, you know, you're relying on Christian McCaffrey and, and he goes down and actually misses some time. I'm not saying that there's any way to predict that happening, but let's just be prepared for that. So handcuff him with Reggie Bonifon. And if he's still available after your waiver run, then go pick him up. And uh, and just in case, just in case, I I don't always love owning the the handcuff to a running back that I don't already have. But in this case, I'm absolutely willing to do it. Uh, Nick Foles is another guy. And uh, just coming off of uh, the, so the Jacksonville Jaguars go into a bye coming off of a horrible performance um, just by the team in general, by the offense in general, Gardner Minshew, his, he's, he's been like as fun as he is. And, you know, he's been fairly successful in the win loss columns, but uh he it, it it's not like he he certainly hasn't gone on a Kyle Allen type of run here. It, it's not like it, it's you know a one loss type of thing where he looks and he looks great every single week. He's he's it's it's a little bit dicey to a point where I'm not so sure that he's just a slam dunk to keep that job. When he comes back, I think there's a decent chance here that Nick Foles ends up as uh, a starter coming out of the bye uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, yeah, I like uh, I like both of those a lot, um, and and I think those are very smart uh, smart moves to make uh, right now. Um, have a co- another couple guys here. Um, so Demetrius Harris. Um, He's the tight end leader uh, in snaps again this week uh, for the Browns. Um, Ricky Seals Jones got hurt, by the way. I'm not sure the extent, but. Yeah. Um, And I think Farrell Brown was the other guy that was in there um, after after Seals Jones went down. So um, so he's another guy that might uh, have some value here moving forward. Um, sticking with that tight end kind of mold, you know, a couple of guys that I, I have on, on a few rosters deep, 
deep rosters. Uh, Foster Morneau or Moreau uh, in, in Oakland. I know Darren Waller is the the guy there and and gets the majority of the snaps, but I'm not sure. Foster Moreau is good. He's a really good tight end. Um, if Darren Waller struggles with any type of injury or anything, I think that's another situation where you see a guy elevated based on, you know, the potential uh, with what, you know, if what, just like we were talking about with Christian McCaffrey and obviously Christian McCaffrey's, uh, you know, top dynasty asset right now. Um, but, but Darren Waller's a top tight end dynasty asset right now. He, he's probably in the top five or six guys. So, um, you know, I think, and and obviously in redraft too. So, I mean, I think this is a guy that if Darren Waller goes down, uh, I think Murrow can step in there and and provide uh, tremendous value. Um, and then I'll give you another tight end too, and and Irv Smith. I mean, we talked about Kyle Rudolph being droppable earlier. Um, if Irv Smith is not owned in your league, go get him. I, I I really think that this this guy is you know he's getting more involved in the offense. Um, every week and i i just think he's gonna really take off here um even though it's his rookie season i mean that's that's crazy too because usually tight ends it takes him a couple of years to get uh to get into you know form but i think Irv smith's a guy that can uh can do that even even later in this season here love that love all those um and then uh finally we mentioned miles gaskin and patrick Patrick Laird earlier. Uh, so we added them to the next week this week as well, especially in those super deep dynasty leagues where waiver waivers are really pretty pick clean. Um, I would uh, pick up those guys. Kalen Bellage is just, I mean, he's not great. Uh, he's, he's the, the lead back right at the moment for Miami, but I mean, it's, I think that they would be absolutely open to giving that job to somebody else if either of those guys can step up. So that'll do it uh, real quick. Just uh, no live show this week. Um, no live mailbag show, but we are going to have two of our uh, regularly scheduled episodes coming up. Um, first of all, the guys, uh, James, the brain and uh, Sam, the stomp, they're going to be talking with Ray from uh, Ray Garvin from destination Devi. And then uh, I'm going to be talking with uh, the guys from the new podcast, Fantasy Timeline, Josh Valentin and Bill McCarthy. So um, we've got two awesome episodes coming up. And then, of course, the start sits later in the week, complete with an injury report from Dr. Ethan Turner. So don't miss any of that. Don't miss a second. So much, so much good stuff coming from the Superflex Super Show. But starting off the week with the Superflex standard operating procedures and for brian har he's at brian har ff i'm john hogue as superflex dude this has been your superflex sops now go execute <laughs> <laughs>